Good morning, One Heart Church. Great to be with you again this morning, but I have a great announcement for you, and that is we are back to having services in our building as of next Sunday, the 21st of June. 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. we'll be having services. So I'm really looking forward to seeing you there, getting back with you, corporate worship, all those sorts of things, and prayer. We love to be able to pray together. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. Hope that uh, you're excited and looking forward to coming to, to the church uh, facility again. So uh, also, I just want to say a, a big plug. We have uh, our, this morning, we have Pastor Josh Brett with us, our state president. Uh, he has a word for the whole state. And so it's so good that we can uh, tune into that and listen to that this morning. So. Uh, I hope that the word really blesses you today. But we'll see you next week. More information will come out about that. You will have to register which service you intend to come along to. But uh, we know that uh, it's going to be a fantastic celebration in the house of God next Sunday. God bless you. Enjoy the service today. And we'll see you in person next Sunday. God bless. Well, hey there, everyone. So great that uh, we could be together today uh, to come around the Word of God. Uh, you know, a number of our churches throughout uh, South Australia, ACC churches in South Australia, uh, recently asked if uh, I might record a message uh, that they could share across our churches. And so that's what I'm doing today. And, and I'm just praying and believing that, uh, you know, as I share this word, uh, that the Spirit of God is just going to speak to you right where you're at, that, uh, that we would just be challenged and changed and drawn uh, into greater uh, relationship and intimacy with Jesus Christ. So today as we come around the word, I pray that we've got expectant hearts uh, and that we're ready to receive from God. Why don't we pray uh, together and then we're going to get stuck into the word. Here we go. Lord, we just thank you today for this opportunity to be together. Lord, I thank you for our churches right across this state. Lord, all of our ACC family. Lord, we just thank you for your provision in this time. We thank you for your goodness, Lord, in this time of isolation. And God, we give you the glory today and we give you the honor. And uh, as we come around the Word of God, we're praying today, would you speak to us? Would you uh, highlight and, and illuminate your Word into our hearts? Lord, bring change and transformation to us, Lord. We want to become more like you. And so we commit this time together today to you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. So there you go. So we're going to dig into the Word today. And uh, I want to talk to you uh, about the strength that you have, the strength that you have. You know, I've been uh, saying this little one-liner a little bit around the traps lately, and it's this. I believe that churches grow larger in the good times, but they grow stronger in the tough times. That's right, that we grow stronger in the tough times. Who knows that some of the greatest growth, development, maturity that comes to our lives and our faith growing stronger actually happens through the valley moments, not necessarily the mountaintop moments. You know, it's, it seems to be that we go through different valleys in life, but as we hold on to God, as we turn to Him, as we trust in God and look to Him and rely on Him, uh, He brings us through those valleys and we come through stronger. We come through better. We come through better than what we started. And I believe that the season we're in now, this COVID-19, this isolation, isn't a time for us as Christians or the church to be in a holding pattern. 
I really don't. I actually believe that this valley, if you like, that we're walking through is a time where God is wanting to strengthen his church, where he is wanting to develop, mature and grow us for all that is ahead because there is much ahead for you and I. There is much ahead in God for his church. And what God is doing in us now is always a part of the preparation is for the future harvest. What he's doing in us now is preparation for his purposes. I really believe that. And I pray that you get that in your spirit today. Whatever it is that you're feeling, whether you're feeling great right now, or whether you're in a bit of a valley, whether you're feeling a little bit flat, whether you're emotional, whether you're in fear, whatever the emotion or feeling that you have right now, this is what I want you to grab today as we go through this message, as we share time together, is that, you know what, God is still in control. God is on the throne. He is uh, leading uh, us. He's leading his people towards his purposes. And I believe that we've got absolutely brilliant days ahead for the church. And so churches grow larger in the good times, praise God, but they grow stronger in the tough times. Let's grow stronger. You see, God is strengthening us. He's strengthening his church. You might be finding life a little bit difficult now, and I understand that. I haven't loved uh, this whole isolation thing. I've had my moments, my good times, my bad times. But, uh, you know, times when uh, I felt good about things, other times where I just thought, can this please be over? But know this, that whatever you're feeling, whatever the times may be saying, God is with you and he's wanting to strengthen you. Ultimately, he's wanting to strengthen your foundation in him. My prayer is that through this time of isolation is that your faith is strengthened. I really pray that for you and for your church, that your faith is strengthened in these days, that your trust in God strengthens, that we are more in love with Jesus, that we're trusting him even more in these days than ever, ever before. You know, this whole thought and idea, I guess, draws me to a simple yet powerful sentence found in the story of Gideon. There's no doubt that Gideon uh, is a character in scripture that I have a, a fond a fondness for, I guess, and same with David. There's just some things about them and the way God works in them that I just really, really um, connect with. And so there's a sentence in the story of Gideon that I just want to look at today. So I'm going to read to you from the book of Judges. Why don't we read together, if we can, Judges 6. I'm going to read verses 11 through to 14. This is in the NIV version. Now, leading up to these verses, we know, uh, or maybe we don't know, I shouldn't assume that, but what's happened here is that Gideon and the Israelites are there hiding out. The Midianites have really just taken over. They're oppressing them. They have uh, just taken everything from them and they're living under this oppression. You know, the, there was a disobedience to God. They weren't living, the Israelites weren't living the way that they were meant to. And so they, uh, Midianites had oppressed them. And so here we have Gideon um, hiding out in a wine press, trying to get some food uh, together for his family and for his tribe without it being taken by the Midianites. Then we come across this particular passage. Let's read from verse 11. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak at Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abizrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Verse 13, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened to us? You know, maybe right now you're saying that. Maybe you're even got that same question. Maybe you haven't said it, but you've thought it. 
If God, you're with us, if God, you're in control, why is this happening in the world right now? Why is this virus killing so many people? Why is it spreading? Why is this happening? And, you know, that's what Gideon's saying. He's going, but God, if you're with us, then why all this trouble? Why all this oppression? Why are things so hard for us? Where are all his wonders, he goes on to say, that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? So he's reflecting when, you know, the Israelites came out of bondage and into freedom. He's going, well, what's happened to those days? What's happened to what our ancestors told about this freedom? But now, he says, the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. Here we go, verse 14, and this is, this is where I want to go today. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength that you have. Go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midianites or Midian's hand. The Lord says to him, am I not sending you? But there's this powerful statement there, go in the strength that you have. Such a simple line, but for me, that, that just says so much. And the question I guess I want to answer today in this message is how do you and I go forward in life? How do we go forward from where we are today and in the days and months and years ahead? How do we go forward with the strength that we have? Because the Lord didn't say to, Midian, uh, to Gideon, go in the strength that you need to manufacture or go in the strength that hopefully you can find someday. No, he said, go in the strength that you have, something, past tense, something that Gideon already had. So God's saying there's something that you've already got. So for you and I today, God's saying that there's a strength that you and I already have. And the question I want to answer is how do we go in that strength? How do we tap into that strength? And, uh, and I really want to unpack that. You see, when I think of strength, you know, we can think of superhuman strength. You know, maybe you've heard of that sort of strength. You know, there's, uh, you know, we've heard those stories of someone, you know, they, they were changing their wheel and they got caught underneath, the car dropped and they got caught, pinned underneath the car. And someone comes along and there's no one else around, but there's this superhuman strength that they tap into. The adrenaline kicks in and they're able to lift that car up enough to see that person freed. You see, it's that adrenaline that kicks in, but, you know, that's not the sort of strength I want to talk about today, a strength that you and I, you know, have that we don't know we have. You see, that might be a superhuman strength, but I want to talk today about a strength that God gives us, not something that kicks in when there's a crisis, not a strength that kicks in because we need to save someone from being crushed by a car. No, I'm talking about a God-given strength that each day that we wake, each moment that we live, that we are living from a place of the strength and the might that God has put in us, all right? And so we strengthen, as I said at the start, in the tough times. And these are the days that we're living in right now that are a great opportunity for us to really find our strength in God like we've never known before. A life-changing, life-transforming strength. That's what I'm praying for all of us today. Gideon was called by God to change the fortunes of an entire nation, the nation of Israel, to see them come into freedom but how does God find him? God doesn't find him out in battle. God, the angel of the Lord doesn't appear to him while he's fighting or, or, or destroying him. No, he finds him hiding. He finds him hiding. wonder if you can relate to that. You know, there's been times in the last two months during isolation that I go, oh, I feel like I've been in hiding. I feel like I've been, 
sapped of my strength and, and you're in that place of hiding. Well, that's exactly the position that Gideon's in. Uh, when God finds him, the angel of the Lord speaks to him. Now, he's hiding out in a state of fear because of the oppression of the Midianite armies. And he's you know, got these forces that are against him. But then he has this angelic vision and visitation from the Lord. And God calls him from that position of hiding out in fear. God actually calls him to lead an army of men who would fight for the freedom of his nation, who would actually see Israel set free from their oppression and enter back into the freedom that they were always designed to live in, coming back into, the, into obedience with God and living as he's called them to live. And that's what he's called to do. And I love again, what does God say to Gideon when he's hiding out? When Gideon begins, begins to make excuses, when Gideon begins to list the reasons why this is crazy what you're talking about, when Gideon begins to go, well, how on earth am I ever going to... And he begins to question himself. Important. He questions his own ability. But what does God say in return? The angel of the Lord says to him, go in the strength that you have. You see, right here, right now, everybody, I'm looking at you, catch this. The whole point here of our strength is it's not us, it's God. So often we look to our ability, we look to our capability, we look to what we can bring to the equation. What can I contribute to this situation? God wasn't interested in what Gideon could do in his own strength. God was calling a man who empowered by God could do the impossible. I'm here to encourage you and stir you today that with God, all things are possible. And he's not looking for your ability. He's not looking for your capability. He's not looking for your resume. He's just looking for a people of obedience who would understand that when we say yes to him, he empowers and strengthens us for all that he's called us to do. Amen? And so that's what we see here with Gideon. And so for Gideon, right, the question uh, is or the scenario is really puzzling him and it doesn't seem right. And that's why he questions the angel of the Lord. And he says, but how can I do it? So again, you've got this tug of war going on. He keeps talking about himself. He keeps referring to, but what can I do? And he's missing the point because it, this again, wasn't about what Gideon could do, but it's what God could do through a surrendered life. Now, he was right, though, wasn't he? Because in his own strength, there wasn't anything that he could do. Gideon had no ability to save Israel. But again, his life surrendered to God. Anything was possible. And that was what the angel of the Lord was trying to instill and bring out of Gideon that day. Is that mate? Come on. Don't look at yourself, but look at me. Look at me. Find your strength, your trust in me. Amen? So... God's response to him is what? I'll be with you. That's enough right there, church. We don't, that's enough right there for God to say to Gideon, for God to say to Josh, I'm with you. That's it. That's enough. That's all I need to hear. I'm with you. And he goes on and he says, and you will strike down all the Midianites and you will leave none of them alive. So he says, not only am I with you, but you are going to have a victory that is going to be complete. You're going to have a victory that is going to be compelling. And so God's assurance right there wasn't to build up Gideon's self-confidence, right? He didn't need self-confidence. 
he didn't need to be more confident in himself. What, what the angel of the Lord was doing was drawing him into a greater God confidence, right? He, and that's what Gideon needed. He needed a greater confidence in, in who God was, in, in the word of God and in the promises of God. We often tell people, you know, just be strong, be courageous, you can do it. And every time we say that though, what we're actually telling them is we're telling them to find within themselves what they need. And, you know, as Christians, uh, let's not get caught in that, in that slippery slope. We don't need more of us, we need more of God. We need more of God. And I think the greater thing that we should be telling people to do in all seasons is don't be strong in yourself, but be strong in the Lord. And that's really really important. So here we have with Gideon really a sense of using what you have, going with what you have, because what did God say? Again, he said, go in the strength that you have. And I want to encourage us, let's go forward in these days with what we already have. We don't need to go and find something that looks shiny and bright and will be the next fad. We don't need to find uh, something that is going to help us. We have within us what we need for this season and we have within us what we need to come through this season and we have within us and around us what we need to go forward into the future. What is it? It is God, it is his presence, it is his strength. We have what we need. So I want to encourage you today, go with what you have. I love that God didn't ask Gideon for his resume. He didn't come down there and say, hey Gideon, I'm looking for someone to get a job done. Could you pass on your resume? Could you email that through to me? Could I have a look at your recent work performance appraisal? I just want to see if you're up to the task. He didn't do that. There was just one thing that the Lord asked of Gideon. All he asked him to do was to go in the strength that he already had. He didn't say, give me an appraisal, give me, just go. Because again, he had what he needed, not through human effort, not through being a high level performer. He had all that he needed through trust in God. Church, these are days where our trust in God is everything. Our trust in God is all we need. If that's all you've got today, you've got enough. If, you've, if you're purely in a position, you're saying, Josh, my trust is in God, I, I'm out of ideas. That is a great place to be. Full trust in God will lead to incredible breakthroughs, incredible miracles, provision, and the hand of God in our future. You see, Gideon didn't have anything to bring to the table, and neither do you or I. And again, I don't say that to be uh, derogatory. I say that to lift us and understand who we are in Christ, who we are in Christ. Because who knows, it's not human effort that pleases God, but it's faith. It's faith that pleases God. We see that in Hebrews 11 and verse 6. It says there that without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So again, I'm laying a strong foundation here. I'm repeating this because I need you to get it. This is a foundational message. We're at the shallow end of the pool today. But I tell you, if we get this, it changes everything. If we get this, it sets our course in the right direction. Gideon just needed to get a hold of this and it changed his future. And not only did it change his future, it, it changed his whole nation's fortunes. So understand that, you know, when God, when we get a hold of a principle in God, when you and I get a hold of the foundationals, it's not just good for our life, but it's going to be good for those around us. It's going to be good for our church community in, and it's going to be good for our family. Amen? So good. So here we go. So Gideon, all, he, all that Gideon needed was in God, right? Gideon was in God's hands. That's simple as it is. You need to hear this today. Your life is in God's hands. It's in God's hands. And so we fast forward to the New Testament and we read in Galatians 2 verse 20. The New King James Version says this, 
when Paul's talking about how you and I are made right with God through faith in Jesus Christ and not by our good works, so we all hopefully understand that, we're made right through faith in Christ, not good works programs, right? He says this, I have been crucified with Christ. I love this. We used to sing a song about this, but it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. You know, three times in this chapter, Paul repeats this whole concept that we're justified, made right by God through faith and not by works. Three times, that tells me that there's something we need to catch. I think one of the most dangerous heresies that any of us can fall into on earth is this. It's this, this emphasis that what we do for God is most important rather than what God does for us. Let's not get things back to front. The most important thing is not what we do for God, but what he has done for us through Christ at the cross. Amen. We are no longer, right, who we were. It's no longer I live, but Christ who lives. I'm a new creation. I love it. I love it. I love it. Anyway, so it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. What's Paul talking about? He's talking about that great exchange that has occurred because of what Jesus did at the cross. Paul gave up his old life, his trying to do, you know, we know that he was a man of the law, and he gave up that trying to do everything right before God life, and he gave that over, and he says, you know what, it's no longer I that live, but it's Christ in me. So what's Paul saying? He's saying, my life's not mine anymore. My life belongs to Jesus Christ. It's no longer I that live, but he. See, it's the same, same thing going on as we see with Gideon. God's saying, Gideon, it's not about you. It's not about your effort. It's who's in you. It's, it's who you serve. I'm your strength. I'm your victory. Church, I want you to hear that today. We see it in the Old Testament. Now we see it replicated in the New Testament through the life of Christ. It's no longer us. It's not about us, but it's who we serve. It's Christ in us that gives us the victory. It's Christ in us that is the hope of glory. It's Christ in us that gives us faith for the future. It's our faith in Jesus Christ that we hang on to and gives us the strength for any season, good, bad, or indifferent. I love 2 Corinthians 5.17. In the ESV, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. Thank the Lord for that. And the new is here. I wonder, is there anyone right now? Take a moment just to reflect on that. Is there anyone out there watching tonight or today, wherever you are, that is glad that the old is gone and because of Jesus, the new is here? I know I'm glad. I am so grateful to God for Jesus that the old Josh is gone and there's a new me created in the image of Christ. Oh, I love that. Such a, an important thing. So here we go. I think there's some things. If you and I are going to shed that old life and live the new life, then we need to understand that it's only going to happen through Christ. And it's really important that we get this, right? It's really important that we get this. It's a foundation, right? I'm, I'm not bringing anything maybe new to you today, but I hope I'm reaffirming the foundations of what we need to live on. And, you know, and I'm really confident of this, that in times like what we're going through now of isolation, I really do believe they are great times for us to reflect and really stock take. To actually take a moment to go, what, what is my life about? What are we building on? Uh, are, are we just doing what we want? Are we just going in our own direction? Or is my life planted and founded in Christ? This is an important foundation, church, for us to get. There's a couple of things I want you to catch today. My two points, and then we'll bring it to a close. There's just two things that I want us to understand about our life in Christ and about the strength that we have. Number one, in Christ, you have all that you need. In Christ, you have all that you need. 
in Christ or in God, Gideon had all that he needed to get the job done. Said it earlier, but God didn't ask for his ability. Right? God is not lacking ability. If you think that God's got an ability shortage in heaven, it's not the deal. Because God wasn't looking for his ability, but you know what he was after? He was after his availability. He was looking for surrender. He was looking for a vessel that would say yes to God. I think in the last 60 days, there's a big shift that's going on around the world. I think we have moved from this, you know, in some part from this want culture to a need culture. I mean, that's only evident by, man, how crazy was it? Only four or five weeks ago that you couldn't buy toilet paper at the supermarket. It's crazy how quickly the world panicked and society panicked. And I think within that, it's caused a lot of us to go, well, what do I really want versus what do I really need? Or, and there's been this sort of equation going on. And, and I think it's really, it's been a good thing. It's caused people to go, well, what, what do I really need? Well, here's one thing I do know is that we all need Jesus. The planet needs Jesus. The environment needs Jesus. The economy needs Jesus. The government needs Jesus. Everyone needs Jesus. Everything needs Jesus. And for us as the church and as Christians right now, what a great opportunity. What a great day we live in when people are starting to really contemplate what they need because we know that everybody needs Jesus. What a great time for the gospel. So in Christ, we have all that we need. Secondly, in Christ, and I want you to catch this, stir your faith today. In Christ, you are unstoppable. You're unstoppable. Here's the thing about Gideon. When he said yes, to, to God, when he said yes to, to going, once he started, he couldn't be stopped. Judges 8, verse 4 to 5, right? Here's the scenario. Gideon and his men, they're in pursuit of the Midianites. They're, they're chasing them out of town. And they're exhausted and they're hungry. And as he goes through town, he knows his men are hungry. And so he asks for the townspeople, hey, can you get them some food? Can you feed my men? They're tired, they're hungry. But it says that Gideon continued to pursue the enemy. So he would have been tired and hungry too, but he didn't stop. But he, he, he made sure his men got fed, but it says that he continued to pursue the enemy. Nothing, absolutely nothing was going to stop Gideon from fulfilling God's purpose. Nothing was going to stop Gideon from achieving and getting to the place that God had called him. No amount of hunger, no amount of exhaustion. He was like, God, you've called me. You've, you've told me that everything I need is within me, that you're going to give me the strength. And so he became an unstoppable force in the kingdom of God. Wow. You and I, think about that. Unstoppable. Unstoppable. Why? Because of God in us. I love about Paul. We also see it with Paul in the New Testament. He was unstoppable in preaching the gospel, right? We all know that he spent time in prison for uh, being, you know, persecuted in prison for his faith and for preaching the gospel. But who knows that he wrote four of the New Testament epistles from prison. He wrote the book of Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. Four of the epistles were written by Paul when he's in prison. You see, in Christ, we're unstoppable. And in this time of isolation, we might be isolated, but we can still preach the gospel. The, the gospel can still go forward. Isolation doesn't stop the church. Isolation doesn't stop God. Isolation isn't going to stop you and I from moving forward. Why? Because with Christ in us, we're unstoppable. I want you to catch that this morning. 
or this afternoon, wherever you might be. So as I conclude my thoughts today, again, those two things, in Christ, we have all that we need. Secondly, in Christ, you are unstoppable. You know, I've come to realize this about my own life. There is a huge gap between what I'm capable of and what God's capable of. You know, when we're younger, we maybe we think we're invincible and that gap's not as big, but I don't know about you. The longer I am alive and the longer I serve God, the more I realize that the gap's not closing, that the gap gets wider. The difference between my strength and God's strength can't even be measured. The gap is so big. The gap between his capacity and my capacity, his ability, my, there's, just, there's just no comparison. That gap between what God can do and I can do. And, you know, as I reflect on that, uh, you know, I'm not dejected by that. I, I think it just, it causes me to be more in awe of God, that he would be able to come like he did to Gideon and use a vessel that's ordinary, that's everyday, that doesn't have the greatest resume, that doesn't have the greatest um, history report of being the man. Yet, because of what Jesus Christ did at the cross of Calvary, it's not about me and what I've done, but by his grace, it's about who he is and what he's done. And that with Christ in me, I've got everything I need. And with Christ in me, I'm unstoppable. You know, it's a wonderful thing for our eyes and the focus and the weight and the attention to lift off ourselves and be focused on him. Isn't it true that the world sells us a, an image of a successful life or of a happy life, which is one where I get everything I want, I, I, I can do anything I want, I can get my hands on whatever I want and somehow that equals success. And that's what the world would try to sell to us. But who knows that those things come and go. Those things come and go, they're not, they're not eternal. But what Jesus Christ is offering us is his life. His life that, that, that is eternal. That in this life, in, in my earthly life, I can live with everything I need, unstoppable. But you know, it also has an eternal reality to it that beyond this life, I go to a place where I'm with Jesus forever. And I just really want to encourage us all today to really just take a moment to reflect on our life. In this time of isolation is a great time to reflect to maybe ask ourselves the hard questions about foundation, to maybe reflect and go, you know, where am I? Am I tr have I just got it all in my hands? Am I trying to make life work? Am I trying to make my family work? Am I is it all in my hands? Or, or is my life in his hands? Is my life in his hands? And I really want us to take the time to contemplate that today and get back to that foundational reality of our lives are his. Like Paul, I'm no longer my own. I belong to Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. Because I want to tell you, that is the key to living in the strength that you have. 
to go in the strength that you have is a life given over to Christ. So in my opening question, I really asked that, uh, or I asked how do we go in the strength that we have? There's two ways I'll answer that. Firstly, it starts by accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. By accepting Jesus Christ as our source, you know, following Jesus Christ isn't just about the salvation day where we say yes to Jesus and we secure our eternity, but it's actually a daily decision that he is my source, he's my everything. He is the foundation of my life, he is the source of my life. And so what do we do? We accept Jesus and we, that same exchange that Paul talks about takes place, my old life for his life, my sins are forgiven, the grace of God floods my life, and no longer do I live for me and my passions and my pursuits, but I now live for the cause of Christ. That's the first thing. If we're going to go in the strength we have, it's first accepting Jesus Christ as Lord, Savior, and source. The second thing, and the final thing, and I close, is we must be, church, we must be completely surrendered and submitted to Christ in all things, not just in the areas that we're comfortable, not having a few parts of our life that we go, they're mine, no, being completely surrendered, completely submitted to Christ in all things. Everything we do, our thoughts, our work, our family, all of these done in submission to Christ so that he might work in and through us. The reality is that Christ cannot be at work in and through us if we do not continually submit ourselves and surrender ourselves to him, making him the priority of our lives, making him the priority of our day so that each day is lived in and through Christ, not just Sundays, not just Sundays. Let's not be Sunday Christians, but we've been called to be salt and light, to live in his presence and to be empowered by God 24-7, everywhere we go, everywhere that our foot will tread. Amen? Amen. All right, well, I'm going to pray and, uh, and we're going to close out, but I, I trust this message today has spoken to you. I trust this message has helped you. Lord, we thank you today for your word. God, I pray that this word, Lord, would penetrate hearts and do the work that you, you have called it to do. Holy Spirit, have your way in and through us. Today, we choose to surrender ourselves afresh to you. Have your way in our lives and may you be at work in and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, ACC churches. I love you. Can't wait to see you in person real, real soon.